the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Football Show. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what that was. Sorry, <laughs> I, I don't know either. I was just, I, don't, I, I was gonna I was gonna jazz with it and then like kind of like game ah. showy. Anyways, <laughs> I am one of your wonderful co-hosts, uh, Rodrigo Sanchez Chavarria. I'm joined by Eric and Bridget, and oh, we right. have apparently we have a lot to. The soccer related that we have to talk about uh preseason yeah. is in the work for mls so some teams are playing some teams are are streaming some 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 teams are just posting pictures of things that happen and <laughs> and some teams you know every once in a while we'll, we'll say some nice things about trialist number x right so here we go it's a trialist era everyone that's right that's right how's everyone doing really quick before we get rolling bridget what's new uh, not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Bridges just loves catter days, right? Catter days are the best <laughs> days of the week. So. Oh, you're oh you're not leaving. Okay, I'm gonna sit on your lap. That's right. <laughs> no, I love Stay that. All day. This this morning I was trying to watch something on TV and then I stretched out in a little two seater, and then my dog, well Remy, just stands there and looks at me and stares at me, and I'm like, what? And then he jumps because he's you know, taller than rogue, so he has the ability to jump high. Yeah, he land, he lands, he, he lands on, on where the sun doesn't shine. So <laughs> nice. And then, What's and fun? then, just still does the whole circling thing while I'm in pain, and then plops in between my legs. And I was like, "This is great." I was like, "This is perfect. This is just what I needed on a Sunday morning." <laughs> What's funny you mentioned the dog, Rodrigo, because uh, at this point. Next week, I will have a little puppy to show you all. <laughs> okay, now this has to be like maybe something, but how did this happen? Because oh, that's too we've long we've been yeah that's that's a that's a Patreon story because really this is. is this has been like a yes. how how old is Doralise now? <laughs> is she five, six, seven, eight? I don't know. Keep going. She's nine, buddy. Come on now. Yeah, nine. So this yeah, has been right. like it, a it's been like a seven-year journey. Yeah, at least I've probably been longer than that. But yeah, it's we're gonna have a puppy next week, so I'll uh, maybe we'll, we'll get the nice. Zoom photo or something like that. I'll introduce you to uh, Bigodes or Bigodges if you're Bigodges, okay, yeah, that's whichever cool. one. You can call him Bigo for short. I don't know. I'm just calling him. I, I, right now, it's it's the joke is that the the dog is ruined in Popeye's life, so it's usually coming in a Bigodges. <laughs> it's, it's always gonna be the dog's to, fault. I can't wait till you have like 13 different names for your pet because that's mm-hmm. what happens, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You'll have you have the one name you call it, and the next thing you know, you know, every other family member. That's my suegro. That's my suegro. Like every dog that you ever ever in contact with, he has like five names, and it's not even close to the dog's real name. Yeah, but exactly. the dog still responds. Yeah. Exactly. Yep, yeah. They know. Well, congratulations. <laughs> um, 
it's coming. Not yet. It's coming. Yeah. No, well, Next congratulations week. regardless, because you're the one that's going to be picking up all the poop anyway. Uh, so. we've, we've had that conversation. <laughs> all right. On that note, <laughs> uh, let's, let's jump in. Uh, lots to talk about, uh, starting with Minneapolis City here. It is confirmed. It's happening. U.S. Open Cup. There was doubt up until this week. It's on. Uh, first round going to Des Moines to face the defending champions of their new league in USL 2, uh, Des Moines Menace on March 23rd. Um, super exciting. A really tough match to kind of literally start things up. They're going to, we mentioned in their regular schedule, uh, about a month and a half later, they're going to, they're going to host the Menace uh, at the Nelly um, in, a, in a regular season US, USL 2 match. But this is for the Open Cup starting it off. March 23rd. Pretty cool. Um, for, a, for a hot second, I was actually thinking about making this trip and then something happened. Um, so it's not going to happen, but uh, yeah, pretty cool. Any thoughts? I, I will leave it when it actually happens. Oh, you're, you're still there. Okay, wow. So until the <laughs> ball, until kickoff happens, the ball is rolling. Bridget's like, mm, this is still going to happen. It's still some Matrix stuff. <laughs> not reality. <laughs> Bridget may be in the stadium still and March, still believe that it's March not going to happen. March 23rd is a long ways away. And, uh, uh, until the plug comes out of the back of the head in the goo, I'm not convinced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, at least we know that after February 28th, we are done with below zero days. Mm-hmm. So that's something to look for. Well, is that the magical day when below zero? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is like that. that it, statistically speaking, yeah. it's February twenty eighth. I think considering, do, do you want no me to tweet Sven and well, ask no. Sven if, if 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 we are correct? I'm gonna tweet Sven. Four, four hours thing. below us is a different is a little bit of a different climate uh, region, I believe. But nonetheless, I think even for Iowa. It can still be a little dicey. Maybe not as it's, much so as here, but it's pretty. It's pretty flat. So uh, Iowa's kind of a wind tunnel. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yep. That's Southern below Minnesota zero. Too. So we'll see. As long In any as case, it's not below zero, that's all that matters to me. So barely retract everything I said. We're we're not believing this is happening until the ball is rolling. <laughs> well, I mean, if you really think about it, you know, like the groundhog that they used literally died the day before. And then they had to find a replacement, a scab groundhog. Scab to tell groundhog. Us no, they, so there's there's two. What I didn't realize is there's like t- two different cities that are doing the whole groundhog thing because they saw Puxatani Phil and decided they wanted to do their own thing. So, um, yeah, that was that was some fun that you missed, Eric. Uh, not on Twitter, you missed the groundhog talk. <laughs> Good time. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know. Yeah, so apparently this is, you know, this is full uh, six weeks of winter that we're getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's jump to the Aurora. We got a, a whole bunch of slew of news can, kind of came up this week in, in succession, I think. Like every day okay. it was like can, something new here. Succession. 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 Yeah, and no, succession is when we leave. That's what we do. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> that's, the one I'm, that's the one I'm usually talking about. So that's the one that's in my head. <laughs> yeah. Because we're about to leave. I just took it. No. No, um, um, just a, just ahead. a quick thing. Um, I just wanted to um, just say because uh, Minneapolis City released who the coaches that are coming oh, back, yeah. and so, oh, yeah. so I'm happy to see uh, Coach John Pucci, um, you know, come back. He took the St. Paul Humble Boys, boys uh, like to the state finals, so that was great. 
Um, and so we, a lot, a lot of us saw them uh, on the Allianz field. So that was great. I think Coach Tory's back too. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And I think uh, Derek Johnson's back. So I think the majority of the, of the um, core is, is intact. So that's always good to hear. Uh, of course, Coach Matt is back and we'll, we'll hopefully have him in a couple of weeks um, uh, as the schedule clears. Uh, and then, yeah, I think that's that's a good thing. So let's talk about Aurora. FC. Lots of stuff here. Yeah. Uh, we, so we got the schedule. They are in the Heartland Division of USLW inaugural season. So a few Chicago teams. There's two Chicago City along with Chicago Dutch Lions. Uh, you got the Green Bay Glory, the Caw Valley. Uh, that's around, is it Lawrence, Kansas? Somewhere in Kansas, right? Uh, I had to Google that. They actually play their home games in two different cities in Kansas. Oh. But yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. And the St. Louis Lions, or St. Louis, as it were, St. Louis Lions. Uh, Bridget, you made the comment that I thought was spectacular, that it looks like everybody went into, like, would you say Microsoft Paint and just copied yep. and pasted? <laughs> Good old clip art for the win for, uh, yeah, third of the division there. Yep, yep. <laughs> Except our lovely Aurora. They have, like, yes. the banging original I mean, uh, we had, shield. We had a little bit of um, a ranking going on Twitter, uh, Aurora being number one, and mm-hmm. a couple of us were going back and forth between Glory and Chicago City being number two. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it – I mean, it'll be fun. There's, they're close. Uh, you know, hit that I-35 Derby a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, well, we've got the schedule here too. So yeah, there's like, like six home games, right? I think that's yeah. We can jump. That's a good transition. Let's just look at that schedule. So they're opening with the uh, versus the Glory at home on May 26th. That'll be a fun one. Um, then they're off for a couple. I'll be hungover by then, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> any, well, no, any particular he's a, reason? He's a, he's a graduate. He's his birthday is the twenty. Oh, I think Rodrigo was just planning to get trashed on the twenty fifth or the twenty sixth. I'm like, that's that's quite a bit of planning. Yeah. Blocks those days out on the camera. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I do. I do. You know, I do. I mean, like, <laughs> like I'm sure Nubia will post uh, Pisco induced uh, passing out on the couch at ten a.m. in the morning. Oh, we 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 love day. those shots, Nubia. So, please, absolutely. So, I'm Good sure that will right happen, there. you know, but it, my, my kid will turn 18 by then. So, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to be crying into a bottle, but that's OK. I'm going to be crying into a bottle, too. Yikes. That's good for her, though. Good for her. Uh, so then they're off for a couple and then they're back on June 10th and June 12th. Doubleheader or not even a doubleheader, but a, just a repetition of the same team. Uh, Chicago City twice in a row there. And then, and then they go. And, wow, that's three Chicago cities in a row. So two at home and then one away. That's a lot. OK. Yeah. Um, then they're off. Then they're uh, let's see. Then they got the Caw Valley here, Dutch Lions, then the other Lions, St. Louis Lions, and they're that ends the June June twenty sixth, and they have three more away games uh, finishing up on July 9th. Yeah, so it's a it's a quick season, like five, yeah, five and a half, six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, typical of what you see with these uh, pre pro leagues. Similar thing with City. So correct. That's right. Um, right. I mean, the, the only thing that worries me is the fact that, you know, uh, it's going to come down to the last two games for the championship to get them to be able to win the, the division. And then they have two games back to back literally with two day rest. So that's. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they're going to be tight. 
that's gonna be that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. I'm gonna see how that that gets handled by the coaching staff. But that's I think probably July seventh will be the depth game in a sense, and then the and then July 9th might be the one where you where you just throw it all in. You know, you all in with the chips. Rodrigo, you mentioned something about. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Bridget. No, you're good. I was just gonna ask him about the deposit. Oh no! Um, so because they announce home games, that means they need to play somewhere, right? So um, the inaugural season will be played in TCO Stadium, which is in Bemidji, right, uh, Bridget? Right? You're gonna give us a tour of where Bemidji is. <laughs> this is the, the segment where Minnesota. This is the segment where Bridget educates the two brown urban guys about the suburbs. So <laughs> take it away. Go to the suburbs, right? <laughs> uh, uh, well. TCO Stadium is part of the new Vikings complex out in Egan, which is also on the border of Bloomington. Uh, kind of depending on which side of the river you live on, you might call it Egan, you might call it Bloomington. 494 off of Dodd Road. You can see the airport from there. Um, really nice facility. Uh, I've been out to that TCO clinic quite a few times. Um, stayed in that hotel one night too. Uh, cool place. I mean, it's, it is, we kind of shy away from, you know, football stadiums as, as the main site for uh, soccer, especially, Um, but it's a great facility. And I know that this has really helped with their recruiting as well. Um, Andrea Yak has been making the rounds uh, with media uh, with all of these announcements coming out and said that they've had quite a few people who um, were considering playing and then when this news came out they called the coaching staff and were like yeah i'm i'm in i want to play there i want to be part of this um so facilities are going to be a big draw uh stadium seats like 5500 i think and they can expand it to 7000 yeah, um, it's, it's going to be packed parking. yeah and and they're going to put together like free shuttles and they're going to make it easy for right. people to get there I mean, what yeah. what is the over under that the egan police department stops and frisks rodrigo and i <laughs> i mean i technically have a friend i have a fellow soccer dad who's from that area so um, I don't know if JB listens to this program, but JB, just know that when we go to home games, you are going to be my plus one. <laughs> we got we got to travel in, in a little. We're gonna travel in pairs. That, that, that might make it worse, actually. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'll make sure. I'll make yeah. sure that if I I'll make sure that when we're going to Egan, yeah. I am not driving right yeah. now. <laughs> I mean, you've you've got all sorts of people there all the time i mean it's it's an american football stadium yeah they they know black and brown people there i'm only playing maybe sort of i'm excited i've never actually seen i know egan has their own police department i've never actually seen an egan police car and i've only seen like stadium security around there um they don't use like wheeling but one of those other like contracted security through that area um no i think i think it's going to be good and again it's it's a good spot matt pravatsky is going to start kind of testing out some bike routes from various spots and i can't Mm. wait now you're speaking my language okay yeah no i I they're going to make it accessible and if you want to go like just check the place out like they're 
this facility is not just for the Vikings. Like they do a ton of stuff out there. Um, and right now for the next few weekends, they're doing like a winter fest kind of thing. Um, they have a couple ponds out there. So they're playing pond hockey and um, there's a separate little turf field that people can rent out to play whatever, have events and that kind of stuff. So um, they have a sledding hill right now, which I'm pretty sure is a pile of dirt from the various developments that they have going on back there. Hey. But it's a nice little hill. Right. Uh, so, I mean, if you just want to like, kind of get your bearings and see where this place is if you haven't been there it's really cool it's kind of fun to just drive around in there nice. uh, lots of little roundabouts and like random like areas branching out so yeah that's, um, that's the whole thing yeah, about suburbs they love their roundabouts i just don't i don't I, I don't, yeah. don't understand it and it just yeah. like yeah it's like this place is kind of disorienting because it's like none of the roads are a straight line and then you mm. get a roundabout and you're like okay i want to go over there but first, you have to go around here and go, mm. you know. But um, that, that's where you need a local. That's, that's what I'm saying. Bring a local from Egan if you have one. Make them be sure your plus one. They'll, 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 they'll guide you through. You're, I also heard buddy. In, in, the, in my soccer dad text group that I have, uh, I also heard that the uh, that um, the bars in the hotel, there's more than one, are, are really good like set up and stuff like uh, that. It's another drive as well. Omni makes a very good burger and a very good wood fire pizza. See, mm. There you go. There you go. Um, let me bring this up one more time. Uh, we kind of <laughs> transitioned right into it, uh, not in answering the question. Something about the deposit. I, I believe there is a deposit for season tickets, correct? Oh, yeah. I think 30 per, 30, $30, $30, $30 per, per season ticket. So okay. that's what it is right now. Yeah, and that's the deposit. They haven't released the actual get pricing yet. I right. believe that is coming uh, first week of March or end of February, if I'm not the, mistaken. The funny uh, thing is, is at our house, like I was driving the kids home from school and mom Nubia calls and we're having a conversation. It's like, well, I'm pretty sure the girls and nobody else is going to, we're not going to go. So we're just going to buy two season tickets, just me and you. It's like, that's great. I mean, you can go on like, dates and stuff me can yell and heckle and have to worry about it. it's like Issa goes hold on women's soccer is a lot much fun to watch than men's soccer so yes we're all going so <laughs> then apparently now we have to try to figure out how to get season tickets for the whole family which will be great i mean i think this the setup is great i totally understand it like my my choice you know how i feel about grass i think uh robbie would have been much better but there's a lot of different things that they can't do robbie that they can do here and I'm extremely happy for them. I think it's a good move, um, you know, uh, and I look forward to 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 cheering and, and heckling, hopefully not getting escorted out by security um, for, uh, for, for saying circle, something to Chicago. Circles back around to our original point. Um, go ahead, Bridget. You got something? Uh, I mean, it's I hate turf, too, but we're talking about turf at a NFL practice facility, which is good turf um they're they're not really concerned about that being an issue any more than you know sure grass is always better but um at least they won't have to deal with you know the ruts and all that that you see it pretty much any other like non-pro soccer stadium in the midwest um season ticket deposits the link is on uh their twitter and i think we posted that too um, if you make a deposit now and the pricing comes out and you can't afford it, they're refunding. Um, 
but they are just taking deposits so you can kind of re reserve your spot to get those once they are fully released. So. Nice. Um, both of you wanted to mention something about Bemidji. I will throw it to you because I got nothing on this one. Oh, so within the the immense uh, success of Fire of Aurora uh, FC, um, a new uh, group called Bemidji FC will try to be their premier soccer team. They have a Twitter account, and um, I think it was a Twitter thread in which 10K Pitches responded about being a Bemidji being a community-owned team. And then eventually, what with some sleuth from a friend of the pod, Mark Fengmeyer, we literally saw uh, what seemed to be like a copy and paste from the Aurora FC page to their page. And when um, confronted about it, I guess, or inquired about it, they, they realized that they've made an error. So so they said that they, they, they moved out and they do want to emulate some of the things that they've done. Uh, that Aurora FC has done successfully and hopefully bring a Bemidji uh, to Bemidji a professional soccer team. So Did I, you say this is a men's team? I don't know what it is, to be it, honest. It, yeah, but. yeah, yeah. It's a men's team. It's okay, more it's like, it's so they they copied words from Aurora, but it's actually a men's team modeled more like Minneapolis City. Uh, um, so, and that's where they're looking to play. They're still in discussion about whether it would be NPSL or USL2, like City, or um, any of the other uh, lower division leagues. Um, they're still working that out, but uh, they liked the the explanation that I saw was they liked the messaging and the like the model that Aurora put out, um, which is. I mean, it's, and, and that's similar to the Minneapolis City model as well, but uh, the Aurora page is just that much more accessible at the moment and fresh in everyone's memory. Um, and that is what they seemed to copy, like their FAQ page about like who we are. Um, really all they changed was removing the words women and like female and, and however else that language. Right, and, um, and put it in Bemidji. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is like a really shady DJ just sampling a whole bunch of stuff and not giving That's credit right. to anyone and just be Pretty like, much. look at yeah. look at this cool new song I just invented. It doesn't sound anything like James Brown. <laughs> and, right. and everyone, everyone with Aurora is like, cool, we didn't invent this concept. So great. But like literally the same exact words. Um, I mean, if you ever, as an editor, I can tell you if you ever think that something doesn't quite sound right pop a phrase into Google mm -hmm. and if you find an article or a website yeah. that's the exact same thing, you just move some words around or something. Right. Uh, yeah, on a certain level, it's, it's it's flattering, but it needs right. to be done in yeah. the right through the right channels, exactly. like you're saying. Right. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think anyone at Aurora is offended that, you know, other than being like, hey, we we worked really hard on getting these ideas on paper and, you yep. know, yep. go Go live um, it instead of copy. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure the editor of uh, Bemidji FC didn't have the Grammarly section of their typing <laughs> on that told them that this probably was not a good idea. Uh, so. I see you're <laughs> trying to copy and paste from another website. Like <laughs> uh, Bridget, why don't you let's jump into NWSL? We've got a uh, uh, CBA, uh, the first ever, in fact. Uh, tell us a little bit, if you would, please. 
Yeah, so um, as we talked about a week or two ago, um, the players had said that they would not report to training this this week, next week, um, this week, without a CBA in place. Um, and a large portion of this is pushed ahead by the all of the news that we've seen from the NWSL in the recent year or two. Um, just getting a more uh, fair deal as employees of the league, essentially. So the Players Association did agree to a deal which sees a 60% increase in the minimum salary, which brings it to $34,000 a year. Woohoo! Um, plus a 4% increase year over year. There's also um, rules that uh, as they can't play at a stadium that needs like substantial adjustments to become a soccer field. Uh, so we won't be seeing, uh, I think it was Kansas City that was playing on like a baseball diamond and right. the pitching mound was like right on the corner and they had to run over it to take a corner kick and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't believe we will be seeing that again. Which, uh, which to me is like crazy that like that that to us is like common knowledge. No, we don't want right. to we don't want to play at a baseball field, yeah. but yeah, it has to be written into the contract so for the, yeah. for them not to do it. I think that's and the I part. Mean, that... I mean, there there are ways to play on a baseball field, like we, New York City, um, but to do it like safely, uh, this gives the players a lot more protections. Um, there's also like six months of paid mental health leave. There's parent leave whether you're adopting or having the baby um all you know all sorts of things that uh kind of bring it more uh, a better comparison side by side to mls um and the way that they pushed for it was really modeled after the mls cba um and i believe the league has now ratified it as well so the players are you know in training I'm uh, doing their preseason and we have more news on that here in a bit, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a huge thing for the NWSL. They've gotten a lot of support from MLS players and the MLS players coalition, uh, black players for change. Um, it's, it sets them up for some growth and hopefully it will help so that these players don't have to be working, you know, part-time jobs too. And with this new uh, agreement on the CBA came news of uh, um, Rookie of the Year and All-Star uh, Trinity Rodman uh, signing a $1.1 million deal with the Washington Spirit, which I thought was like, you know, I think that was, I don't know if that was the maximum allowed, right? I think it was the maximum allowed or something like that. I, I don't know if what the CBA I says about that. So. And it's the, yeah, I haven't seen what the, if there's a new max, but that makes her the highest paid NWSL player in NWSL history. Which, which means Impressive. that when this contract expires and what is it like, I don't know, let's say three to four years, right? She has to make more than one, one, one million dollars, right? She's either going to have to <laughs> well, go overseas or she's going to yeah. have, or the CBA is going to have to be changed in order for yeah, that cap to go up. Long, that's what, long career ahead of her there with that yeah piece. that that last point Rodrigo, was what i'm thinking of because i'm looking at this 160 uh, percent increase setting that number that's at actually, 34k they they made a typo there that's actually oh. a 60 percent increase okay that makes way more sense i was like they're yeah. getting paid like five cents <laughs> but still 
even that said, 34K is not a lot, especially compared to what men are making in, in professional sporting. So if through Trinity Rodman making this deal, it, it is able after this, what did you say, three or four years to, to pull that number up another 10,000 or something like that, that would be that would be some pretty big process, uh, progress rather. I mean, I, I don't think like if I'm Trinity Rodman, like I'm making one million dollars in this deal and then I'm looking to make, you know, two or more especially in the prime of her career. I mean, that's either that you go overseas if they pay you or you force the league to, to, to really change their, um, their budget in which I think that this, this could be key to just be able to push more talk about um, how to make this more successful and more viable yeah. in the sense of that. So I'm excited. That's my point. That. That's my point. I, I hope that she's able to lift everybody up kind of a thing. Um, okay, let's switch to the uh, U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame. Uh, Deuce got inducted, not surprising there. And uh, I know one of Rodrigo's favorites, uh, Marco Echeverri, man. El Long Diablo time coming. Marco Echeverri, yes. Long time coming. I mean, God, that, I love I, that, I, that hair, legendary hair. Not only that, but he was like, I think he was like one of the few Bolivians. He was the first Bolivian to play in the MLS. I'll tell you that much. That, that sounds right, yeah. And I remember that because my mom... I think the last time Bolivia made the World Cup, I think it was in like '94. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and yeah. So he was. Rem- he would have been captaining, I think. Mm-hmm. And so I remember watching it and watching him and saying, "This man is how I want to play if I ever decide to do anything like that." It's just bull nose and, and great passing. Great. Excited for um, excited for that. So. And I didn't get everybody else's name, and I know there were some uh, some badass women as well. I just blew through it. I don't know Bridget or Rodrigo. You knew who else was on that list, but there were some other. Uh, big names as well. If not, no big deal. They're out there. People can yeah, find them. I missed it. So no worries. Uh, moving into more MLS kind of stuff, I just put some some bigger names of of some big transfers, and then we'll get to the not so big names to Minnesota. Um, but Paredes to Wolfsburg, uh, Barco's heading back to Argentina to River Plate, Bello to Armenia. Is it Bielfield or Bellfield? I can't remember. I know it's. You remember in the Bundesliga? I think I think my uh, autocorrect once again did it did what it normally does and changed the, the, the name here. Anyway, he said the, I think they're in a relegation battle there as well. Uh, Salcedo to to Toronto TFC and the big one that a lot of people are talking about is Trust to Arsenal. Big move for him. Um, okay, let's go to Minnesota United. Uh, Bridget, I will throw this to you. There there was an announcement of sorts of. Uh, this new defender that apparently has been around the league for a while. Uh, the one thing that stands out to me is he's 30, not exactly the best age to be bringing somebody in, but you know, depth is depth. Go to you. I mean, we're, we're talking about a defender, not like, you know, your, your first striker who's your go-to speedy guy. Um, but yeah, O'Neill Fisher is a MLS veteran. I believe he came in for Seattle 2015. Uh, he has kind of floated around a little bit. So um, Sounders to DC United and then moved on to LA Galaxy. Um, He played for Galaxy last season. Uh, Went back through his career a little bit. He did 2018 was kind of a breakout year for him with DC, 24 appearances. He played as a right back um, for them, but he has historically played uh, left back as well, um, which is 
some sorely needed depth for United um, with potential Gasper absences, Metonair, Boxy. Um, he did, so 24 appearances for DC in 2018, had a knee injury in like September of that year, which required surgery. So he missed all of 2019, DC extended him um, and he made like 15 appearances and only a handful of starts that season. Uh, and he was dropped. LA Galaxy picked him up 2021. Um, his game log for last season looks a little bit like Dotson, you know, where you see like a couple starts and 90 minute games and then coming in as a sub and getting like five minutes. And um, so 12 appearances for LA, LA last year, including he played the full 90 in the our, what was it like a 2-2 draw, 3-3 draw uh, with them um, late in the season. Uh, 25 caps for Jamaica. He was part of the, the team that is now out um, of qualifying. Uh, I mean, he's the guy that, like, you don't hear his name that often, which, as we have said many times, is a good thing when we're, when we're talking yeah. about so, uh Was he playing in this in this qualifying round? He was on the team. I'm. I haven't seen. Like, I don't okay. think he's up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he is so, the sole reason they they're out of the tournament, right? I mean, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be D'Lo, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> former. <laughs> ah, yes. Former. former and then UFC former. alum. Mm -hmm. You bet. Superstar. Um, and we also found out uh, why Kervin uh, Ariaga wasn't able to make this trip. And it's not the nicest new, but apparently he did not show up for a court case in which he was supposed to pay uh, um, child, support. child support. This is news to me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just just put it put it on the board. Let's add right, that one in right, more more yeah. legal issues. So so there you go. So Kevin, so Kevin Ariaga are going to is, is has to, uh, you know, pay child support. Yeah, and figure out things before he comes out with the with the government before he can cross the border. Um, oh, that that is a spectacular transition. Do you have anything else to to add to this guy? Um, I don't know. Maybe that's the reason that um, I don't know. They didn't look so well at Allianz. His his uh, his homeland. Um, I was I, I was just going to use speak, speaking of figuring things out with the government. <laughs> I was going to go to their friendly Minnesota versus Orlando. Uh, with Reynoso scoring this chip from way out, like midfield, it was beautiful. And then I just put it in while they're still paying off all the Argentine lawyers on his assault charges well, with your season ticket holder money, baby. The funny thing <laughs> is that he posted on Instagram and in Instagram stories that he's in freaking in a hotel in Argentina. So that's where he's at right now. And so I'm like, huh, he's traveling. Good. Must be having a case coming. That's so he played, he played the match and then peaced out right away. But it looks like it, yeah. Interesting. I mean, not that I stock right or oh, Minnesota United players Instagram feeds, right? You know, that's no, not yeah. at all. Speaking, speaking of stocking Instagram feeds, uh, Dotson's uh, fiance had the baby. Oh, there you go. So, do, do we know anything else from this, uh, Bridget or Rodrigo? From, I mean, besides which the Orlando, besides his bomb from midfield. I think I think a trialist scored, but <laughs> trialist yeah, goal. <laughs> um, Classic. I don't know much other than what was posted on Twitter, which was pretty much uh, that video of Reynoso's goal. Right. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, we ended up and beating, I think, five four Orlando. Like it was just yeah, it was, like an open. There, were, there was way more action than the Chicago game, which was zero zero. Yeah. Uh, so it, I mean, they got a bunch of trialists in there. Okay. There you go. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. And other, um, um, and yeah. other news, right? Um, there's rumors that talks between uh, Vélez Sarfield and Minnesota United are inching ever, ever, ever closer. We're still doing this, huh? Yeah, every we week. are. We, we got every week. We got to do it, right? We got to do it. This is the new this week in racism. We're just gonna right. <laughs> this week with Luisa Marilla. <laughs> the new segment where all we talk about is Vélez and. Luisa Marilla, that's pretty much it. So, I mean, I mean, hopefully, you know, if 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 it all works out, we could we could really be happy, right? We could have Actually, two strikers yeah. competing for a striker position, right? I mean, that's going to be out of a job, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we signed a left back for a death piece. We might get another striker, you know. All, all we need is uh, some sense of responsibility, and then I think we we, we can start the season. <laughs> season start. Nice. We, nice. we need Rodrigo. a purpose and an identity, and yeah, and, and consistency. Uh, oh, I don't I don't think you guys saw this, but um, coach, coach. <coughs> get your so water. every every once in a while, um, um, Andrew Weeby from Extra Time. Um, we we do workshop of haikus and apparently um, it made uh, the extra time. I he asked me to submit some and I submitted I think six haikus, and then he used one. So listen to the extra time because apparently people think that his was better than mine and and I I don't really care that much. I just think that if I'm making Weeby's haikus better. It's like the, the competition thing, right? That's that's the end goal. I want him to make him better. And I just want to say that every time I've, I've assisted or we workshop poems together or haikus together, I bring out the best in him. So Great. <laughs> uh, forward Madison, this this is you, you two as well. Uh, something about Connor Tobin and then uh, didn't go so great. Uh, Turbo's gone. <laughs> That's literally it. <laughs> uh, you may you may say amicably, others may say it just seems to be like a clean house. But overall, I mean, if that, someone doesn't hire a Turbo for you know relations or like you know that type of thing, I mean, yeah, go for it. So I, I think the thing that there were a couple um, calls with media and i'm not can't for the life of me think of who reported this um but there was a call with one of the uh one of the managers who said that they would be willing to give him a front office position if he was ready to retire um and it sounds like he's still hoping to play next season and they made it clear that he is not he would not be playing um for forward madison this season uh so essentially it sounds like they released him as a player said that they would take him in another capacity if he were to choose to retire but he is not ready to do that um so his note that he put on twitter uh which came out first before all of these details later was 
you know, it, I guess that I'm not moving forward with Ford Madison in any capacity. Nice. I, it appears I will be moving on. Um, no word yet on if he's, you know, looking like actively looking for a new team to play for um, or if he's going to just, you know, call it the end and, you know, find someone else to make him a front office position. Mm. Um, it's awkward. It's weird. Okay. Uh, as things have been with forward Madison the last yeah. months. Mm. Um, I mean, everything's awkward in Madison anyway. So, I mean, I mean fits, fits the, fits the narrative <laughs> there. He was, he got so much, the, the entire community was like behind him on that and sending him messages. And he actually went in and replied to every single person who had sent him a message. Wow. Um, he personally replied to each of those. Uh, it's a big loss for the community. Yeah, no kidding. Kuba did a whole tweet thread about all the things that they had done together. And um, I mean, Kuba is the, he was the PR guy. He's no longer with Madison. Um, but they pretty much worked side by side on everything. Uh, so he's, it's going to be a big loss for them. I'm not sure how they're going to uh, rebuild some of that community relations um with the way that ended it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to watch yeah i like that not moving forward with forward <laughs> that's it's a, a nice little kidney shot boom <laughs> <laughs> um let's move to uh the gopher women they have their 2022 big 10 schedule out uh opening the season at nebraska and lincoln on let's see september 16th then the following week they have their home opener against indiana uh, followed by Northwestern, Michigan, off to Wisconsin, and then you can get the rest of it from there. But uh, hopefully, you know, it wasn't the great greatest season this past one. wasn't terrible. They they still made the uh, the Big Ten tournament barely, um, but it'd be it'd be nice to see them get into the tournament and then hopefully go farther this year. So we'll see what happens there. That uh that homestead of um, Indiana, Northwestern, and Michigan that should be fun. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. I'm 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 circling those dates to um, I'm sure there'll be oh. a package out. So they play Purdue on my birthday too. How about that? Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't care about that. But no, okay. we don't. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Uh, on on that note of great solidarity, we will take a break. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to the show. Join the Patreon at patreon.com backwards slash Minnesota Football Show. And welcome to the second edition of the Minnesota Football Show. We have reached the international section, which means we talk about soccer around the world. And right now there's a big tournament with a big final. That's happening in probably in a couple hours from, couple from when hours. we finish recording. So break it yeah. down, Eric. Yeah, well, just just to go back a little bit to how we got to where we are today. Um, we had the semifinal between, I'm sorry, quarterfinal rather. Uh, the last one last week before we recorded was Senegal versus the Cinderella Equatorial Guinea. And Senegal did what they do. Um, they they won this thing three to one. 
still a great effort by Equatorial Guinea. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that was. The, the, I, <laughs> that was my son, but we're just going to let that be. So that, that was perfectly you're, timed with you. You're welcome. Score. You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> that was perfectly timed with you reading the score and someone like being the air horn. About, yeah. <laughs> there he goes. Um, that set up the semifinals of uh, Burkina Faso and Senegal, and then Cameroon and Egypt. And so that takes us to January, not January. Yeah, that's right. Right? I don't know. What day is it? I don't know. These it seemed like they're wrong. Oh, February. Tripping out here. I wrote January. Thank you. Notes. Uh, February 2nd, Burkina Faso and Senegal played. Um, Senegal beat beat them pretty uh, handedly, three to one. Uh, your uh, gentleman of uh, Liverpool choice, uh, Mane, got a sweet, sweet goal at the very end there, Bridget. And I think he set up one of the other ones. Um, I believe he was man of the match with a goal and an assist, which probably comes as no surprise to you. And then um, Cameroon and Egypt actually went all the way to uh, penalties with a nil-nil draw. And Egypt, with your other Liverpool player, star of choice, (laughs) are through. So, you know, this sets up an interesting situation where you have the Salah versus Mane final, which maybe uh, is or is not what you were hoping for. I don't know. It'll be fun to watch. I mean, it's they're entertaining to watch on their own. They're entertaining when they're playing together. Uh, it'll be just good when they're playing against each other. Keep it interesting. Uh, yeah. It was it was good just to see Mane back in. Um, he was part of that uh, like dual uh, concussion collision. Right. Before. It's- they should have taken him off right from the beginning instead of letting him yeah. be back on. Yeah, that whole thing was a cluster. So yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's good to see him healthy and able to able to play despite their horrible management of injuries. Um, mm-hmm. In this, yeah, no, I mean it, it's exciting. You know, I I think that's probably going to be, and I and I know like for those who, and maybe we'll we'll tweet this out after the we record, but yeah, like from what I heard is that it's going to be showed live on Facebook. So that's, that's cool. So for those that can watch, can watch. And those who don't like paying the, don't like paying the conglomerates um, can, can don't have to pay the conglomerates except, you know, just by watching the ads that they put on their, <laughs> on, the, on the feed. That's okay. You're, you're that's kind of paying, paying. With, paying with your oh. life when you log into Facebook, but mm-hmm. otherwise. Well said. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, should mention yesterday the third place game happened with uh, Burkina Faso and Cameroon. Uh, that was a defense optional match, three <laughs> three, lots and lots of goals. Abu Bakar getting two of them, but in fact, uh, and that went all the way to penalties, and Cameroon won five to three. So, you know, the host didn't get to win the whole thing, but come out of it in third place. Pretty good showing. Pretty good showing. Yeah, I mean, Cameroon's been on the penalty kicks. Uh beat for a while now and i don't know it's funny that they have to win it that way but no i mean i think that's that that that's that's good i mean you host get third place that's not bad you know mm-hmm. yeah so we'll have a we'll have some more details on the senegal egypt match uh, as uh rodrigo watches on facebook and lets us know what's happening <laughs> Gives us right the play I'll, I'll pirate play. i'll pirate it you know i like i'll uh, we'll we'll bring it back to the days that never really happened between me and Eric that we don't speak about or confirm nor deny that happened. But yeah, yeah, I can stream it. Nice. 
Well, let's go to CONCACAF. There was a lot of action there as well. Um, I don't want to belabor this one too much because a lot has been said about the Canada-U.S. match last week with Canada winning 2-0 over the U.S. with the early uh, Laren goal and then the late uh, Azed Adekube. I think I say you pronounce it right. Um, 1v1 shot there. And I mean, I'll, I'll throw to you guys and just kind of get your opinions. But you know, we talked about this before we started to record. But I, I just... I really enjoy watching this Canada team. They're they're so much fun. They're and I think we mentioned it, Rodrigo. They 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 play like a Colmable team. Like there's a swagger and an attitude and a you know they dive, they yell at the refs, they yell at the other players. They but then they have the technical wherewithal to like play with that kind of fire and that precision and that speed. Right. I think speed is the key word. Just what, the counterattacks every time. We're so fast. What, what comet balls are, are have been eliminated from the World Cup right now? Venezuela, Bolivia. Is it, it Paraguay? Might just be those, oh, Paraguay's, yeah, those three. Okay, yep. so they play like Paraguay. <laughs> they wouldn't make it on the comet ball ever, but in CONCACAF, they, they have a chance. So. No, I think I think my thing about this is like we knew it was it was a hostile envi- environment, and we knew what Canada was going to do. Canada was going to play like a four five one type of thing and just you know work on transition because transition is the way that they've gotten the goals and they have a, a, a one probably the best number nine coca-cola at the moment right and i think that's that's what they did uh, we've talked many times with minnesota united when minnesota united is passing the ball from the left to the middle to the right trying to move people you don't move people right and this is exactly what happened here is that we weren't moving them at all until uh, we ended up getting the the Morris, the Pepe's, the Kellen Acosta's of the worlds back in. And by then it was a little bit too late. I think that should have been the starting lineup. And I think going vertically and direct and dribbling at folks and moving that line is, is causing chaos, which they did at times. But, and props to Canada. They, they, they had their mind and they play more as a team. I think that's the best thing about that thing is that they play as a team. They understand the roles. The, the United States team, Talent-wise, 1v1 is superior, but the consistency of playing together is what's right now the issue, right? I mean, you put in Jesse Sardis, you put in Pepe. I mean, you don't have consistency enough for these, these, this group to be able to build relationships or, or trust in that matter, right? And we saw that, um, in a sense, you know, here at Allianz as well, too, right? It's that confidence and that belief, though, too, which I think is what you're alluding to. Like, Canada, Canada just feels it. Like, they just, you know, like, you come into our house, you're going down. <laughs> and the U.S. starts to kind of shake, as, as they tend to do. Go ahead, Bridget. They definitely, like, Canada has that identity, and they know what they need to do. They all kind of play their game, but they make it work together, which is not a thing that the U.S. does. Um and that's been even the games that the U.S. has won, it, and even here in in St. Paul, it kind of felt like that. They're all just kind of doing their own thing, um, and not really, you know, putting together those runs. Uh, West and McKinney kind of made it happen, and Pulisic was in the right place at the right time. Uh, yeah, let's just it's, let's just jump there. Let's just jump there. So I'm just going to finish off this one. So Panama win 3-2 over Jamaica. Mexico tie, which helps a little bit. And El Salvador win. That was win, a horrible so, game. Which one? The, the on, Costa Rica oh, one with Mexico? Oh. oh, my God. That was horrible. Like, like they, like, 
Francisco Cabo gets a handball right side outside of a 20 yard line and he oh, can't get the ball in. Love to see it. Our hero. <laughs> um, so at that point, Canada 22 up in first place, USA at two with 18, Mexico three, 18 and Panama at 17. All right, Bridget, take it away. Uh, they came to St. Paul on, I got to jump around a little bit here. We'll, I'll go back and grab those other ones on the second it was really freaking cold, and yeah, like you said, uh, they get the win, which I guess is the most important thing, but still, I don't know. I, I, I have lots to say of this, and again, it's been kind of played out, but I'll, I'll, please finish your thought. Well, you, were, you were talking about the uh, kind of the lack of cohe- cohesiveness, maybe? Yeah, it, it just kind of felt like they were all over the place, and not, I mean, not because Honduras was really throwing anything at them that would have been a surprise um they played they were 11 guys on the field kind of doing their own thing um and it didn't yep they got the goals they were i mean they were great goals but i mean Pulisic especially just felt like it was that was his first touch of the game he had subbed on uh like two minutes before gets a touch it's a goal it was a beautiful goal but again it's i mean right place right time he wasn't exactly doing anything that um that really fit with like i don't know what their formation was i don't know what the tactics were it was just kind of odd can Uh, i ask you, you do you think this was rotation or do you think he was benched Or maybe column A, column B, a little bit of both. Could have been both. Because I know he he was struggling a bit uh, in the last one. So, I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was um, benched. And he, I heard a few times that it was probably a confidence thing. Um, he needed to be able to come in and, uh, I know, Getting that goal kind of changed his his attitude a little bit on the pitch, but um, yeah, it was it was just kind of a strange game to watch. But I I I feel like I say that about every U.S. men's national team now. So let's let's be honest here. Like Honduras isn't like the top Concacaf team, right? I think they're sitting close to the bottom, if anything, like that. Yeah. And they and didn't have one of their best players, Kevin Arriaga, and we know why. And so, like we and, and we knew that this was going to be, you know, this was this was, should not be a you know a extremely challenging game like the Canada game was. And so I think, yeah, it was totally- uh, Pulisic, Pulisic plays for me. Pulisic tries too hard when he gets into the team. Maybe it has to do with the fact that he was on the previous team and where he was the only the previous cycle where he, he was the only one that was actually trying trying to go to the World Cup. And now he has it in front of him and, and, and he's setting pretty. I mean, like, to be honest with you, right. The CONCACAF U.S. really has to focus and bear down when it comes to Canada, Mexico, maybe Costa Rica from time to time and Panama as well too. Right. And I think that's El Salvador is up, is up and coming, but they're up and down. Right. Uh, But that's literally it. Right. I mean, you have to be able to be better and be somewhat good within those four teams. You, you, you place, in the top three and you, and you go to the world cup. I mean, it's, it's don't want to say it's not rocket sciences, but it's, it, 
the, your your path is laid in front of you, so you know what you have to do. And I think this game, the fact that they weren't, um, they weren't, uh, shall we say, playing in in, in the best atmosphere, right, and weather wise, right. Um, I think also helped, but also they, they hadn't scored. Extreme a understatement. Piece. We'll come back to that. Go ahead. Yeah, they, they haven't scored on a set piece, and I don't know how how long, if ever, in this cycle, right? Or, or I don't know. And so, I think for me, it was Kalen uh, uh, Costa was was wonderful in this in, in this in this game. But I also we also saw uh, a United States team that was attacking, right? They were they were attacking and they were trying to do things in, in the box, and that's literally what you want them to do. If you're if your team is strong individualistically or you have two players that can take people off the dribble, I'm going to be like, you know what? Get you the ball and attack. Just go in there. Cross chaos and then try to figure it out from then. I think anyone, Christian Pulisic has been given the, the, the namesake of this is this is his team. And to me, honestly, no, it's not his team. I think more than anything, I think Weston McKinney has come up and said, this is, this is his team. And he's proven that even though he was extremely reprimanded. He was extremely reprimanded for what his actions were, and he's come back to be say, "Okay, this is it." And I think the more you let Weston dictate what's going to happen on the field, the better options you have. And I think Pulisic needs to realize that he doesn't have to do everything; that there's enough talent on this team to be able to play that role and do that. And I think that's the difference between Canada and the United States. Everyone else in Canada plays their role, even without Alfonso Davies in there, right? They understand what they have to do. Yeah. Right. I mean, and that's that's the difference that Tim mentality gets you further. Yeah, they they need the guy to lean on. And that was definitely Weston first half. And I mean, yeah, like you were saying, basically, they just had to survive this game. So it, it makes sense that they're not, you know, it, it didn't have to be like a super complicated game plan um, against Honduras. They just needed to get through 90 minutes, make it work. Um, and it's it's fine when you when you have those guys who can who can you know shoulder that uh, and take it on that that makes it exciting. Weston was was fun to watch. Acosta was fun to watch. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting going forward to see uh, how they do on on these next couple that uh, will be more complicated now that they've yeah. maybe gotten a little bit of a boost. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Just to give a little recap here. So along with the U.S. winning, Costa Rica beats Jamaica 1-0. That tightens things up a little bit. Uh, Canada keeps rolling uh, 2-0 over El Salvador. Mexico gets a very, very late win, uh, late goal, uh, and beats Panama 1-0. Um, so things don't really change, but that the race for that fourth spot has gotten considerably tighter, I think. And the, the one thing I love about this is I, I put in here the unbeaten teams in World Cup qualifying – and so Canada is rubbing shoulders with Brazil, Argentina, Iran, South Korea, Serbia, Switzerland, Italy, France, Ukraine, Belgium, and England. Not too shabby for Canada to be in there like, hey, look at my chair. Look, look at my lazy boy. <laughs> Not only Not that, but I don't know if you guys saw, you know, and I, I don't know if there's this stream of Alfonso, Alfonso Davies, like reactions through like old commentaries or while watching the game with his dad. But that literally just brings life to my to, to yeah. me is like the fact that he gets excited just by like people passing the ball or like, you know, it's, it's, it's I think it's wonderful. I love it. I think Canada deserves they are the best team right now currently. Right. And and we'll see what happens um, towards the end. But I, I agree. I think 
Canada has his identity and we've known what their identity is and they're playing to their strengths. I want to bring it back to the narrative here because this weather was extreme to say the least, even for those of us that live here, it was five degrees at kickoff. I think negative 15. I think by the time the match was over, it was like windchill negative 20 or something like that. You had two Honduras players uh, that left with hypothermia, which is kind of amazing that it wasn't more than that. And there's been enough spoken on this where like men in blazers basically said it was, it should have been like an illegal act of torture. And, you know, I, I, I kind of see that. And then you have the, uh, Rodrigo's buddies over at uh, Extra Time that are like, ah, oh, well, they do this to us in Honduras when, you know, it's 120 heat index, and that, which also sucks. And I get that, that that shouldn't happen either. And I think the coach, I think Burhalter said something about that as well. But th- this game shouldn't have happened. This this was stupid. I think I mean, even was- even our even our friend uh, Jeff Reuter, I think he wrote something about this was just silly. Oh, to, his, to make this his happen. piece was was wonderful. Yeah. The Winston Index is the Winston Index is probably the new, new meta, the new weather, new weather tally machine is just right. Well, and and that's my concern is that like, what what does it say that we had to do this kind of gamesmanship against a team like Honduras that's not even going to go to the World Cup? I mean, if this was against Mexico, that'd be one thing. I'm like, okay, I can see what's happening here. But why do we choose what's? It was below the extreme weather threshold uh for ussf um where you would typically cancel a game it was well before well below that threshold and they chose to play it anyway and i mean it's i think it's been the same thing i'm not sure what the threshold is at the other end of that um 120 heat index i'm not sure where they fall there other than adding water breaks or something but um but when like (laughs) When do you choose to make exceptions to that and why? Um, because just looking at that, it should have been canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just just management of the tools that they had to help with that. Um, Turner had been told he could wear the, the hand warmer thing. The Vikings actually loaned it to him, like the quarterback hand warmer. Um, and two minutes into the game, the ref stops stops play to tell him to take it off hmm. why you know it's going to be cold for weeks that's all they've been talking about mm-hmm. why don't you figure this stuff out before you start playing a game right um they didn't decide on on the balaclavas until like the night before exactly they right. to wear those um and supposedly the team doctor had been working on all these plans for months because they knew that it was going to be cold. They didn't know exactly how cold, but they knew that it would be because it's Minnesota in February. Yeah. Um, But why are you not putting all of these things in place for both teams in order for it to be played safely um, and not to have those questions the day of the game? It's ridiculous. I mean, Turner, Turner ends up like there's video of him like running sprints back and forth the width of the field when the ball was in the other end. Uh, and he's got his hands like in his shorts to try to keep his hands warm inside those plastic leather gloves. Yeah. Uh, it's the, the whole management thing was. Yeah. And, and this is my concern is because, I mean, yes, they got the win, but at what cost? And now yeah. how does the Federation look at this? They're, my concern is they're looking at this like, ha ha ha, we got something here. From now on, all qualification at Allianz Field in January and February, right? They're going to. 
I, I hope it doesn't get read like that. But I mean, just considering how these people think, you know, I, I think you almost hope that an American player would also have the same issues as Honduras. <laughs> like if if one of the right. American players was taken off with hypothermia, we'd probably be having a whole different conversation. Exactly. Right now. Um, well, and somehow they did not. I mean, white people get hypothermic too. Talk to any any of the hospitals right now about the people who are coming into the I ER mean, with frostbite, and I'm kind of shocked that there wasn't more of that with the fans. Um, there were a few instances of that with the Winter Classic hockey game. Mm -hmm. So it's but that was even colder than what this it, was, right? Yeah, yeah, but that was that was at least during the day. Yeah, or earlier. Like if this would have been played like at two o'clock, I think it would have been different. It would have like, been very different, yeah, yeah. But I think that's the thing too is like, and I and I want to give uh you know uh, congratulations to the the pitch folks at uh, Minnesota because they 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 were put in an impossible situation. How are you going to a wake up this grass and b keep it from being frozen mid mid to the middle of the game, right? And there were points where you know the field didn't look the great, and that's and the ball didn't really move that great, and that's fine. But that's uh, that's that's the situation that you get played into, and I think that's that's the thing that really like if you follow this logic, if we play away from where all these people that can come and support the other team is that, then if you follow that logic, and that's the logic that this the USSF is going to follow, then we should get all the Mexico teams, right? And yeah. not get yeah. any of the Canada, not get any of the Canada teams because we're so close to the border, right? I mean, that's that's the logic that you would like to. The like Canada to put game into. was played south of Saint Paul, <laughs> <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> yes, that that's a that's a really astute point, Rodrigo. I like um, again, Roger Roger goes off these days in Men and Blazers on this last one too, and he mentioned something about that about kind of these these racist overtones of of trying to purposely place uh pick these places where the the uh basically the non the bipoc folks that represent these other countries just either aren't there in huge droves or just aren't going to go there i'm curious right. and they and they did though oh, there was a lot of i saw a lot of honduras flags that, uh, through, you, through, through through it and so i think that, beat me I, think that I wondered about that yeah i think that though i though that though that logic of that thinking has merit it also does not in the same thing that's, that's like saying You know, like um, when Rui Diaz came came to town, like a bunch of Peruvians showed up that I didn't even know existed, right? I mean, it's going to happen. There's people that are going to be here. People are going to show up. Um, whether conditions or not, right? People will show up. I think the narrative is that you you want to have an advantage. And I don't know if that really, the only advantage that you truly did have here was Honduras didn't have the strongest team and the weather. And that's it. Like if you get if that gives you three points, fine. But if you're going to use that logic, then we should get all the Mexico games, and then um, and you know like and then California get all the Canada games, right? I mean that's that's the logic that you're trying to follow. And I don't know if they're just trying to do like a litmus test, is just trying to test out what works and whatnot, and how much money is played into this whole thing, because it has to do something with money at some point. Like that's what it all comes down to, because because Allianz was maybe not the best attended, but apparently they sold enough to be able to, to, to say that, that, that it was, there was a good attendance. And I also, you know, think that if, if you have enough time to plan for this, take care of your, 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 your staff, but not also the, the media as well too. I mean, like as Jeff pointed out in his thing, he was outside in a tent, like, and 
in below weather zero in a tent. Mind you, at one point he wasn't wearing a hat. He was the only one not wearing a hat, but that was pointed out in his article. But I mean, it, um, it's just just doesn't make sense. Why can't you have people be inside? What's the big well, I mean, Rodrigo? Oh, go ahead. That's the thing with Allianz, though. I mean, it's not built for you know having all of the media. Um, you fit like. 16 maybe 20 people inside the press box um and then there's a couple rows outside so i mean during the summer that's fine people will volunteer to go sit outside um rather than in the box uh so anytime that u.s soccer is in town they kind of expand that and medium might be in boxes um i don't think they used the brew hall last time like they did for this one um but yeah, d- design wise, I mean, it's not great for year round for everyone. Um, I, I was just going to say, fear, fear not, esteemed co-hosts, the, the wonders and the, uh, <laughs> I don't want to get into this thing, the, the amazing uh, um, uh, equity and uh, professional watchdogs at FIFA will absolutely do something about this. Wink, wink. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, not every stadium is, you know, designed for all of that. And they, to their credit, U.S. Soccer did put out an email to media saying, "Reminder: You may not be inside during this game. You may be outside. Please check the weather. Please dress appropriately. We do have hand warmers and tents and heaters, but um, so they at least." kind of gave a warning uh but it's not something that we've really had to deal with yeah infantino had no idea where minnesota was until this match he's like wait (laughs) what where are they where are they playing doing what when in when in doubt just just get the media drunk and then they won't remember it so just open up the brew hall and give them an open tab and that's it that's all you need if you're gonna see them on top of the brew hall i mean just hype that stuff right up uh well, that wouldn't work. It froze. Um, but yeah, it's it'll be interesting. Uh, I can't wait for them to come back when it's like 140 degrees warmer here in like six months. You know, when we hit like 100 and the 120 heat index. And we're complaining right. about the heat, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean we've seen it all. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that that's a that's a Minnesota trait, right? If we we're, if we're not talking about the weather, weather or complaining about the weather, we aren't being Minnesota enough. So exactly. All right. Well, let's hit these other qualifiers as well. Thank you all for that. Appreciate that. Um, all right. In the Asian Confederation, we had Lebanon and Iraq tie. Uh, South Korea and Syria. South Korea wins two nil. Iran still undefeated, as I mentioned before, beats UA 1-0. Group B, Japan, 2-0 over Saudi Arabia. That's a big one because that's 1-2 and in that group. Uh, Vietnam, 3-1 over China. And Oman and Australia tie. So really nothing changes there. But that, like I said, that big match uh, puts a one-point difference between Saudi Arabia and Japan in Group B for that first place. And as it stands right now, you've got Australia versus the Emirates for that fifth place playoff which would then play, guess who? Peru, Rodrigo, for the, uh, the playoff. Uh, currently. Yeah, currently. currently, currently, at present. That's what I said, at present, yeah. as it stands right now. So that could be a fun match uh, if it's like a Peru-Australia situation. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, if, if it happens, you know, uh, 
I can't wait till Peru in their home game put them in the wrong hotel, make sure they put bed bugs in their beds and make sure that they, you know, fireworks every two hours in front of their rooms and don't get any room service. And whenever whoever Ubers them anywhere, you know, drops them off at the airport, all typical when when qualifying for World Cup, all is fair. Yep. Let's do Comebo really quick since we're there right now. Uh, Chile 3-2 over Bolivia. Uruguay gets a big one, 4-1 over Venezuela. Argentina 1-0 over Colombia and Brazil 4-0 over Paraguay. They're both undefeated still. And then the big narrative we're, of course, watching on this program is Peru. Uh, they tie 1-1 with Ecuador, which is a pretty good result. Um, Ecuador had this one till the very end, wasn't it? A pretty late goal that Peru tied Yeah, it was this like one? in the 80th, 80-something minute. Yeah. I think that the thought. thing is, is that um, Peru was out playing without Cristian Cueva uh, because of uh, yellow card accumulation. And, um, you know, without uh, Gianluca Lapadula, because, of course, he got his nose broken again, uh, <laughs> because that's just what happens to him. Um, which, by the way, like if 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 anyone's looking for a Division two Italian striker, I mean, <laughs> this is the guy you want to get. Seriously, like he's, he's proven everything. So MLS, come come scoop up your guy or Minnesota United, come scoop up your guy. And then you can have real competition. Uh, even though he might be, but yeah, I mean, uh, Ecuador scored like literally in a sixth minute, right? Um, and then uh, it took another um, appearance by our Orejon, uh, Edison Flores, DC United, to come in here and um, be able to score a header and tie it up. And I think this is kind of like 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 we knew that um, we could have gotten the win, and that would have totally helped us. But I think um, when it comes to Come Bowl, points are points. Well, and Ecuador are one of the better teams. So getting that tie is perfectly fine. This dogfight is so interesting. So, I mean, Ecuador at 25, Uruguay at 22, your Peru at 21, Chile at 19, Colombia at 17. Colombia are, are still in this thing, even at 17 points. Like if they can squeak out a couple wins here, they can easily get back in. I mean, it's weird to think of Colombia not being in the World Cup, but – who knows? Uh, Rodrigo, this next March window is going to be enormous. This match against Uruguay, that is like the match. Like that's going that to is be... a huge match, must win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's in 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 Montevideo. So in Montevideo. Yeah. So that's going to be like a celebrity death match. Pretty all, much. In all, in all, in all ends of the sense of the word, that's what it's going to be like. Colombia has not, you know, has, has just they need to change something. They they can't seem to score. And that that's not typical Colombian fashion, but I mean, who? The thing for me is, if Uruguay loses, right, they fall back into the fifth place, right? Let's say that Peru wins, right, kicks out a wing and wins, then then Uruguay may fall into the they might not make it to a World Cup. And can you tell me the last time Uruguay was not in a World Cup? I can't remember at all. Yeah. I think it has to be before I was born, if anything. Yeah, right. I, I think they've yeah. made every World Cup I've been around since I was born, and I, I and that's that's, that's question, to me, actually. to me, to me, that's the biggest narrative for me is like, Colombia can miss. Colombia is not sinking in, in, in all cylinders, but Uruguay has the attacking power just like Colombia, and has the veteran leadership, and they are, even though even though they're in fourth place currently, they could be by the end of March, quite possibly could be battling for that fifth spot. And that's that's the, that's the story that I want to know. When was the last time Uruguay would ever? I'm I'm work I'm working on it. Um, but overall, this is this is you know like Comebol is always like this. It's points for points, 
points matter. The only points that don't matter are zero points. So as long as you keep accumulating points, you're still in it. And I think Peru is in a in, in a situation where they'll they'll have um, a a good uh, group going down to Uruguay, and hopefully they'll be able to uh, get a result, right? Yeah, I don't have it yet. I'll keep looking. Um, I I always keep for, I, I I forgot. Okay, I completely forgot. I'll be honest. Uh, our our guy Guillermo yeah, Guillermo Barros Skeleto of of numerous uh, MLS fame. He's he's the current coach for Paraguay. Well, maybe that's what I said. For maybe not for much longer, considering where right. they're at. But I, I completely forgot that throughout these entire last couple windows, like he's been their coach. Not working out great. Um, yeah, right. I'm pretty sure if Luisa Maria comes over, we can ask him about uh, Guillermo Barros's Cleta. What do you think? Yeah, about him, so. <laughs> not going so great. <laughs> um, so. We'll end on a positive note, but getting a, a little somber here. Um, well, I w- wanted to talk a little bit about the current situation in the Twin Cities where we're at with the uh, the once again violent police murder lynching of uh, Mr. Locke that we're, we're dealing with here. And we've had some big manifestations and all the news that keeps coming out uh, unsurprisingly completely contradicts the police and state narrative, um, completely botched operation as it were and another black life is taken way too soon there was no reason for that man to have been murdered um as we all know that this we we know this story this continues to keep happening um so the parallel that i'm using that as a lead-in is in rio last week there was a uh, congolese immigrant named uh, moise kabamgabe i think i hope i'm pronouncing that right and he worked at, you know, on the beach, you have like the little kiosk that will sell you drinks or like your surfboard or whatever beach, beach stuff in general. So he worked at one of these in Rio and Moise just basically, he was upset that he wasn't getting back pay. He hadn't been paid for a week or two or whatever. So he went in, you know, he wants, where's my money? I want to, I'm, I'm late on rent. I need my back pay. And he started yelling and got heated and then he was murdered right there for basically for asking for his back pay. Um, there have been arrests in the case, but this has exploded throughout the entire country, not just in Rio. And it, it's, it's really been really interesting over the last couple of years with the uprising here um, and throughout this country, how it's kind of fed in and, and moved things in Brazil as well with their own Black Lives Matter movement. And, and this thing, again, this same weekend while, what we're, while we're dealing with our situation here, with uh, Amir Locke, the country was on fire down there with Moise for, with, with manifestations and protests from Rio to Salvador, down south to Rio Grande do Sul, to where most of my family is in Goiás. Like it was everywhere. Brasilia was 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 bumping as well. So I mean, I don't know. Um, the the football point of this, I guess, uh, this this huge lead-in is basically to say that. Um, the state tournaments are going on, as, as many people probably know. And so in the, in the Sao Paulo State Championship, uh, Eriki Ramirez, who plays for um, Red Bull, Regibuli Bragantino, uh, before kickoff basically did the fist in the air in solidarity with uh, both Black Lives Matter and uh, just to remember Mr. Uh, Moise and everything that's happening there. So it was cool to see it make it onto the football pitch there as well. I don't know if any of you are aware seen, of those things. I had seen the photo of that. I didn't, I wasn't aware of, uh, you know, 
what brought yeah. that up for the him. context yeah. yeah yeah thank you for bringing that up so that's yep. that's that's good to know so and it's really sad too because like I, I i put this I, I, there were a couple articles in english obviously I've, I've been doing mostly stuff from other sources but um they talk about they immigrated to brazil in 2011 with this specific focus of fleeing violence and conflict in congo right this is what his mom says yeah and then they come to brazil and the kid's murdered not a kid 20 he's like 20 something i think yeah kid yeah pretty much right yeah so yeah so so how do we end on a positive note well positive i don't know if this is positive or not this is goya's update um you rodrigo you were talking about the tradition of calling for the goya's coach's head and that like basically happened as soon as you mentioned it last week Dang, they, i jinxed they, it darn it i'm sorry they have been they've been defeated so far in their state tournament and uh, one tie well i guess a tie and a loss but the loss came to like a six division team <laughs> so it's That's like okay it's the dream of like the minneapolis city taking down minnesota united or whatever right. but but then they they did win their last one so they're in it kind of they got some points and they play again today but yes you you completely predicted it and you're right on that uh glauber they're all calling for glauber's head is the guy's name that's awesome i mean that's uh when you have a good script for a telenovela, you you just recycle it, right? It never ends. It never it ends. It never ends. It's like you just, just add different characters and maybe yep. twist it up a little bit, you know, add some spice to it, and voila. And then people are frustrated too because they haven't brought in a lot of transfers to get ready for like the big league, like they're in Serie yeah. A now. It's like I'm sure that I'm sure they, I'm sure the money thing has to do with it. I'm sure the Brazilian think, Federation are like, oh yeah, we're supposed to give you TV rights money. We'll keep that for some other time. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting because they, they, they do have some very good players. But then are those very good players going to be able to stare down Palmeiras and Flamengo and, you know, Atletico Mineiro, these huge right, teams? The, like, the, uh. the MLS 4-5 to five Palmeiras, right? I mean, uh, that, that, um, that team is going to be the, the MLS. Uh, we should just refer to the Palmeiras as the MLS of the Copa Libertadores. Because what do they have? They have a Twesta. That, that team would Tati. stomp and any MLS team. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just going to put that. They're, they're going to. Well, that's a good segue because we're going to talk Club World Cup here. I think they might actually win this entire thing. Um, Club World Cup, we got Al Ahli. They, they had a big win against uh, Monterrey. So that, that's your um, African Confederation versus your CONCACAF. And African takes it 1-0. Um, so today the, there's Al Hilal and Al Jazeera, Al Hilal doing the uh, Asian and Al Jazeera, they're the local ones. But the big thing here is the semifinal on Tuesday will be Palmeiras, aforementioned Palmeiras, versus al So that'll be a, an interesting match. Um, I would, we, we can probably predict Palmeiras will be okay there, but, you know, the Egyptian team's got some momentum. Stranger things have happened. Um, who knows? Uh, Chelsea wait until Wednesday to play whoever wins the the two uh, Middle Eastern team matches there, and then to that point, apparently uh, Tuchel, the coach, has tested positive for COVID, and may or may not be coaching this match, <laughs> which puts a whole new element of WTF into the whole thing. <laughs> yes, there you go. Yep. Um, so ending happy, ending happy. We'll, we'll keep an eye on everything there. Go ahead, Bridget. Here's another good piece of news for you. Um, Sarah found a link on YouTube for the AFCON final. Oh, you did? I just texted it to you. And it's live? Oh, excellent. Yep. Dope. That, that's awesome. in like 20 minutes. Soon, soon. Um, 
we'll keep following the it, it'll be over by next week the club world cup it just moves really fast but i i yeah. i feel like palmeiras have a pretty not good path here especially if there, there's a tuchelless chelsea i think that's gonna play play in their favor quite a bit um FA Cup, we almost had a huge upset. It would have been the first time ever that... Uh, so West Ham went to Kidderminster Harriers. They are a six-division team in the Northern National League. They were tied 1-1 up until like the last second and the 121st minute after two extra times where West Ham scored their, their winning goal. But yeah, this this thing could have gone to PKs and maybe gone the direction of the sixth division team. So once again, going to our dreams of of uh, Minneapolis City, Bridget sporting a, a lovely uh, cap with the crow uh, versus MNUFC. We can keep dreaming. These things are starting to happen and <laughs> keep dreaming. I don't know. Did, did you get to see this? Raj posted a thing on Men and Blazers of the stadium. Just even though they lost, like, Everybody stayed like an hour afterwards and we're just partying. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and, and then the, the big one here is obviously big, great news. Uh, Christian Erickson back after he, I mean, the man nearly died. He essentially did die for a little while yeah, and yeah. he did die. And the fact that he's back in it is, is just what a tale, what a narrative of, of redemption and a second chance and getting back to it. So he's going to go play with Brentford now in the Premier League and wish him the best of luck. And hopefully yeah. he takes it a little easier on himself. Um, I'm sure he will. But yeah, what a don't call it a comeback, LL. He's been here for years. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Beautiful story. And, yeah. And I think um, are we towards the end where like we need to do more good news because I have a really good one. Go ahead. All right, so um, I don't know if you guys knew, but uh, the women's uh, national team for Vietnam qualified for its first World Cup ever. And I think that is super cool, and I'm super happy, especially because I have a lot of friends who uh, homeland is Vietnam, and I'm already checking out their kits, and I'm I'm thinking of where I might be able to purchase one every time, but that's going to be what I look forward to in um, in this upcoming uh, World Cup, and uh, for and I I think that's a it's a great news. I think they uh, they were able to uh, defeat uh, Chinese Taipei two to one, and that is how they were able to get uh, there. And I'm looking forward to cheering them on in the World Cup. So that's always great when we have a first time for a nation. So. I have a partial answer for you, Rodrigo, on Uruguay. Um, so this is interesting, actually. We, we are all aware, I think, that they hosted the very first World Cup in 1930, right? Um, it says here that because many European nations, just Euro snobbery and racism and imperialism, uh, a lot of them decided they, they weren't going to play in Uruguay in 1930 for that first World Cup. So Uruguay gave everybody else the finger and said, guess what? We are not going to play in 1934. They snubbed everybody else. That sounds very Uruguayan. Uruguayan. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, uh, that, that, that one doesn't count. I was thinking like the only one that they made up not played of is the one that was super controversial is it when Bolivia hosted the World Cup. Because I know like teams pulled out and I don't remember if it was if they were one of them. But um, uh, or if that was a Copa America. No, that was a Copa America. Sorry. No, regardless, yeah, I think Uruguay has an extremely good, great track record of being at the World Cup. So, like, 
that's the narrative that I'm interested in mostly. Those like, that's the only know, one I can think of. There, there, there may be more listeners if you know. If you know I, as a Peruvian, would love to see my homeland country in another World Cup within my lifetime. But the fact that I've seen it already, like, was a bucket list off my, uh, off my. So I'd be content with another one, but I'm okay. So. Right on. Anything else, esteemed colleagues? Well, let's go watch some AFCON. Uh, thank you, listeners. Thank you, Rodrigo and Bridget. Uh, we got the Patreon, uh, patreon.com backslash show. I should have that down by now, and it still trips me up. It's okay. Um, you do it better than Dave. So, Thank you. And I'll, I'll get some, some nice cuts from this as well. And we'll have more for next week. We're getting closer and closer to uh, – I can't believe the MLS is going to start in like right. 21 like days. Weeks. What, 20 days? Crazy. Right, 20 days? Wild. Yeah. 20, 20 something days before we start. So – Wow, first wow, home wow. game. I'm looking forward to seeing maybe some of you at uh, at the first home game in like you know, in like that scene from uh, Christmas Story. I can't put my arms down. Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna need to figure out a way to get a, a heated blanket or a heated coat or. Something. I don't even know. Like 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 they allowed like battery blankets. And like they were setting up the alarms, and I was like, "That's just going to be a wonderful situation." That's, I mean, there were people still lined up to get in at halftime because people were right. having to go through the the detectors like five times. Yeah, and, and and it's not like we have not seen that before, right? We're like, I think we've sent out pictures that we talked about how like, hey, the game started twenty minutes ago, and I'm still in line to get in. That that was me multiple times this last season. <laughs> Uh, all right thanks everybody hasta luego talk to you later